and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling, indeed. There you go. 150 episodes, you guys. 150. Oh. 150. Oh. 150. Congrats to both of you. Congrats to you, Lauren. Yes, congrats to everybody. Indeed. What a journey we've been on to get to 150. And we're not slowing down. If anything, we're speeding up. Mm-hmm. We're really diving into the new metal now. And this week, I knew we're it. talking about... I knew what, it. What, this is our sesquicentennial. What? It's our what? S- this episode is our sesquicentennial. All right. Our 150th anniversary of the weekly it. episodes. That's it. I'm so sorry I interrupted for It's okay. The it's okay, Matt. Nerd out. It's all right. I'm You know what? Your excitement is our excitement. And we're excited because we're back with our old buddies in Slipknot and their album Volume 3 The Subliminal Verses. We talking all about it. Mm. Digging in deep into this thing. Mm. We got liner notes to talk about. We got a producer to talk about. We got some videos to talk about, and we got some tunes to talk about. But before we get to that, we got to talk about who's recommending. Who's recommending? Who is? We got some emails, Jenny, from uh, some people, uh, emails, messages of recommendations, bands, albums we need to check out. What do we got? We sure did. And Lauren, I'm going to tell you right now, who's recommending? We got an email from Cole. He says, I'd like to submit Fever 333 and their album Strength in Numb 333ERS for the modern wing of the canon. Thank you. It's much like a museum. The modern Mm -hmm. wing. The modern wing. Get over in the modern wing of the canon. The chug's a little different. It's not cubed. It's abstract i don't know i've taken this metaphor too far <laughs> kelly k fresh fraser aka the boy <laughs> kelly he said you should check out hiro the hero i just interviewed him for an upcoming podcast episode and his first album in 2011 birth school work death had tracks produced by the angel himself ross robinson and we talked about working with him we're going to have to check out that pod to hear what Hiro has to say about working with the angel. Also, I had not heard of this one before. Me neither. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly. Uh, American Standard says, pretty sure we've already recommended our local boys, We Are Dead. Now there's new fire from Dropout Kings AZ. Dropout Kings on tour with Crazy Town. That's uh, right. The new metal revival is strong in Arizona. You got All right. chugs, riffs, and cacti. Neat. That's and Sedona. Right. So mm-hmm. spiritual centeredness as well. Absolutely. Um, and then this is an interesting recommendation, not a band. Uh, it's from the Ugly Truth 420. They said, hey, Roach Coach, you know what you need to call your fans? The Infest. Hmm. Mm. I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Matt. And at the same time, that was the Papa Roach album title, wasn't it? Infest, yes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we'd be double dipping. Well, yeah. I mean, 
I think uh, we've already agreed, though, you know, you're a roach rider. You're a roach rider for life. Thanks. And if you are, you are part of our infestation. Oh, all right. I can. Sure. What about our indigo angels? Yeah. Uh, if you're an indigo angel, you're infesting heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to infest heaven. <laughs> Diablo 4. Thank you so much. That's been Who's Recommending. And now, back to your regularly scheduled Who's Tweeting. Who's Tweeting. Who is? Uh, Sorry, I was scrolling back to where I need to be. (laughs) Having real trouble navigating a note today. Uh, Over on Facebook, Alejandro says, After hearing the planned Ross Robinson themed month, I think it's official Jenny, Matt, and Lauren are on the genius list. Ooh, Ooh I have so many suggestions I want to make, but I'm no genius and don't want to interfere with the master plan you guys have set. Uh, well, that month is behind us now, and, and you've seen that the Cure fans are <laughs> vicious. <laughs> Not fans of Roach Coach. No. No. Uh, or have we gotten to that feedback yet? Not yet. We haven't gotten no. to that feedback no. yet. So they <laughs> probably, if, if, if you, uh, yeah, Stay in like tuned. a month, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If anything, people were not fans of the quote, new metal gabber. Yeah. <laughs> we also got some feedback on the Project 86 episode, which you may remember uh, we did that in the year 1904. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Matt Murphy said, this album is on my no thanks list. That's wow. right. Project 86. They didn't have thank yous. They didn't have fuck yous. They had no thanks. No thanks. Jax Lawson says, I'm neutral on this album, but I'm so glad you fleshed out the nuances of a regular pit activator versus a Christian youth at their first big concert pit activator because this record is full of those. <laughs> Ronnie Neely said, he posted a picture. He said, Matt in this episode is like, and then in the picture, it's a, uh, it's a clearly a sign from outside a, a church and it says, get in God's mosh pit, Sundays, 10 a.m. <laughs> Circle up. There we go. Lars says, how come you didn't start with their self-titled debut? I don't know. It, I don't either. <laughs> I don't even remember why. We started with this one. People said this is the one to do. That's why. It's not the most fun answer, but it's the truth. Elric said, uh, in my in 2001, my class went on a field trip to Great America in NorCal the same day these guys played with POD. The result was a lot of Christians around with parody shirts and a fat kid angrily quizzing me on my Static X shirt. Wanted to see the show, but it didn't happen for me. I didn't listen to this band till the next record, which I bought, listened to once, and never again. This one doesn't sound too bad, though. Thank you, Elric. All right. Duke Cannon says, I remember... Uh, I remember being played Stein's theme, having never really heard of the band before. I really dug it, but overall just couldn't relate to the music or the band and their lyrics as much as I would have liked. It was an okay album, but not canon worthy to me. How about we get a one minute silence episode, guys? Their first two albums are long overdue. Thanks for the episode. Keep on rolling. There's that one minute silence push again. We hear it. Maybe it is time. Yeah. Yeah. Why Maybe not? it's time. Wow. Finally, on Twitter, Brian Weiss said, Enjoying this album, it reminds me of Downset, only Christian instead of Hare Krishna. Okay. That's it for who's tweeting. Keep on tweeting. Send in your recommendations, send in your emails, letting us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Instagram, Twitter, 
roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send those emails over. The album of the week for episode 150, volume three, The Subliminal Verses by Slipknot. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on May 25th, 2004. Whoa, Matt. Come down, baby. We get a come down record here. Jenny, history with Volume 3 of the Subliminal Verses and a quick recap of your overall history with the boys in the Slipknot. I think they're nerds. Yep. Uh, I won't spoil my feelings, but uh, I, 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 I don't have a history with this album. Um, I actually somehow didn't even realize that this album had any hits of any kind even though I, when i was reading i was like oh this was like a huge album that everybody loved um <laughs> i had like i think by the time this came out i was so deep into stuff that would remove me from this because this is like right around the time that i started i guess it's right around the time that i was like weirdly working at the record store but like we didn't really sell records like this. Um, I don't know. I just missed it. I missed it. I was mm. way too cool. I was way too cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I just remember thinking that people who like shitty music like Slipknot. Mm. Um, so I'm sure that just made like a bunch of people super happy to hear <laughs> all the Dire <laughs> Slipknot fans out there. But uh, yeah, I I don't even remember this album cover. Wow. I must have just yeah. blocked it out. How about mm. you, Lauren? Well, real quick, we should recap. You were ambivalent, but allowed us to induct the first Slipknot album into the canon. Mm-hmm. Iowa, you were a fan. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're kind of like, so right now your your track record with the Knot is a 50-50. Yeah. But always think they're nerds. Right. They're definitely nerds. You have never wavered <laughs> from your nerd stance. No, and I have taken shit for saying that. Yeah. And I you have. I will die on this hill. There we they go. They are nerds. There we have it. Uh my history with this album, bought it day of release from Best Buy. Uh you know what? Probably nine ninety nine, something like that. Picked it up with you know, I'm a I'm a man who contains multitudes. Uh the second Avril Lavigne album, which beat it. You know, I guess that's my fault. Um, it was the number two album that week uh, behind Avril Lavigne's second album. Um, I can say that I listened to this way more in the long term. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was killer at the time. I even had it on my I, that 2004 was when I started uh, doing best of the year album lists for myself and posting them online in various places. We can get to it, but I did dig up my old live journal and found what I wrote about it. And you guys, it's embarrassing to read old live journals you wrote in 2004. I bet. It is. So we might we might uh, peel back the curtain on that in a little bit. Matt Nas, history with the subliminal verses. When I first heard duality, I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw them on Conan, and I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw them on Jimmy Kimmel. It was all right. 
Um, but well, he, they scared Kimmel, which was very funny um, because he just didn't know what to do with Slipknot. Never owned the never owned the album, um, but I did buy the single. I did buy the duality single. Wow! All right, nice. Yep, Jenny. Who is in Slipknot on this album? Who is not in Slipknot on this album is the real question. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll give you, we're going to start at zero and work our way up to eight. Get number zero, Sid Wilson, turntables. Number one, Joey Jordison on drums and mixing. Number two, Paul Gray on bass and backing vocals. Number three, Craig Fenn on percussion and backing vocals. Number four, Jim Root on guitar. Number five, Craig Jones, sampler, synthesizers, keyboards. Number six, Sean Crahan, percussion, backing vocals, art direction, and photography. Number seven, Mick Thompson on guitars. And, of course, number eight, Corey Taylor, vocals. There you have it. And then we have an old friend, the man, the myth, the legend, producing this album jenny who do we got that would be one rick rubin rick. not number one rick doesn't have a number but no. rick rubin did produce this album you got rick rubin producing you got slipknot coming off of iowa some other interesting notes about this album the only slipknot album to not feature any profanity no swears no. on this bad boy. No swears. On this good boy. No... I guess. Yeah. I guess it's a good boy. It's a clean boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the band perform, uh, recorded the album in The Mansion, which is uh, apparently Rick's uh, recording location of choice. Corey drinking heavily during this time. Mm-hmm. This album, as you said, Jenny, very successful. Mm-hmm. Platinum. Platinum, 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 a lot of platinums, and it went it went platinum in the U.S., Australia, and Canada, and it went gold in Germany, Japan, New Zealand, and the U.K. In two thousand nine, Metal Hammer called it one of the albums of the decade. Kerrang! Magazine ranked it thirty first in the fifty best albums of the twenty first century. And in 2005, the album was ranked number 396 in Rock Hard Magazine's book of the 500 greatest rock and metal albums of all time. Let us not leave out that Mm -hmm. Before I Forget was listed as AOL's top metal song of the decade in 2009. Holy shit. Tastemakers, AOL. AOL was like, Hanging in there. Beep. That's you've got a hit record. Yeah, that's right. And on top of that, I mean, we can just mention it now. After many years and many nominations, this record got Slipknot their Grammy, best metal performance for Before I Forget. A lot going on here. Also, the BBC reviewed this album. They said no finer metal band on the planet. Sea to sign, shining sea. Check it out. You're not gonna find a better one. They're saying. I just don't <laughs> get it. I, I guess in a way I do, but when I'm, uh, we'll get into it. We're gonna no get into it. better metal. Pl- uh, 
No better metal band on the planet. I don't think so, bud. I'm talking to you, BBC. <laughs> you just keep putting out Louis Thoreau stuff and <laughs> leave the music to someone else. Sadly, no Robert Christ got review. The review scores do mention mostly favorable from the Boston Globe, the Detroit News, Enemy 8 out of 10, Play Louder 4 out of 5, Rolling Stone only a 3 out of 5. They uh they're playing it cool for this record. And uh and which should be mentioned. The band did not like working with Rick Rubin. This really confirms a lot of our theories about Rick Rubin's production style. Taylor said um, that he was he was talking about his whole experience making the album, and he said, I would drink from the moment I got up until the moment I passed out, and everything I did while I was drinking sounded like shit, and he was unhappy with the choice of vocal takes that ended up on the album. Um, in 2008, Taylor said he met Ruben only four times during the entire recording of the album and that Ruben barely showed up in the studio. We were being charged horrendous amounts of money. And for me, if you're going to produce something, you're fucking there. I don't care who you are. He added, he is overrated. He's overpaid. And I will never work with him again. Damn. Mm-hmm. Jim Root said in the same interview, a lot of the guys in the band say Rick was unavailable. And yeah, he takes on a lot of projects at one time, but he also does things that are beneficial. He would listen to what we'd done, then have us retract things that needed work. He's kind of like a big brother up on the hill. Even though he wasn't there physically every day, he was. That's my favorite record we've done. Mm. So what it sounds like to me is you got eight guys with eight different types of needs. Corey Taylor, he needs, needs you in there. the dirt. And 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 let's think about it. This is them. They've only really worked with Ross. They've only worked with the Angel. And you know he's there. He's there on your back, punching you in the head, saying, "Give me that take, give me that take." And Rick Rubin's like, "Corey, you're a grown boy. You're a grown man. I'm gonna go sleep in my uh, couch in my guest house. I'll be back. I'm tired." I was I was out hanging with KT Tungstall last night. So <laughs> that now there's that here's a dorky song that I hate that like woohoo song. Yes, I remember when that came out because we had so many promotional materials for it, and I was like, "What is this?" And when I heard that song, I was like, "Who is this for?" And don't make me hang out with them, please. I fucking hate that song. I think Slipknot are nerds. I'm not a, the biggest Slipknot fan, but KT Tunstall. Oh, man. Jenny. <laughs> Don't fucking you. knives out for the oh, Tunstall. Oh, man. I, the whites of Jenny's eyes are so intense right now with her anger at KT Tunstall, an artist who I always confuse with Meredith Brooks and don't think I know what her song sounds like. So It's, the, it's a shitty, stupid song that no one should ever listen to. Fair enough. See, this is maybe <laughs> if you just want my hot takes on pop songs, I can I can help you out there. There's that's it's this specific kind of like like hemp woven shoes, weird like wine spritzer, little grooving going on type of song that I just can't handle. 
So now you know that KT Tunsil's not in the canon. Not in the canon. Um, we should talk about this album art quickly, even though it is a novel. We've got uh, album cover, um, one of their masks with a zipper for the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, as with every new Slipknot album, new masks. Got to yeah. get those new masks. Um, if I have to pick a favorite, this is probably my favorite of the Corey masks. Uh, which looks to be a stitched together face that's been ripped open and then put back together crudely. Um, I thought that this uh, magenta purple hair that was going on was part of the mask. No, that's what Corey's hair looked like uh, when they uh, were doing promo for this album, doing the tour. Uh, If you page through the liner notes, though, you do get uh, cool little shots of everybody in their masks looking appropriately slipknotty. Pretty clear lyric runs here you can basically make out of the lyrics if you want to follow along some shots of what i assume is the mansion here all made to look like a haunted house and uh you get this photo i called it the best photo of clown that i've seen jenny thoughts on this clown photo oh matt and i just scrolled past it and both laughed so (laughs) i think i would agree there that clown photo is pretty good he's given us that that shrug emoji before we knew a shrug emoji was on the way I love it. Yeah, clowns. Uh, clowns makeup for this one is basically to be totally bandaged on the head, but look like he's bleeding through it. Mm. A good artistic choice. And uh, yeah, and you get two shots at the beginning and end of the liner notes of a group uh, group shot of the whole band together. They look great. They look like a bunch of dudes in masks. That's for they sure. Do. They do. And uh, under the CD, uh, you have a picture of what looks to be some sort of pentagram. And then I guess someone falling into a puddle, face down in a puddle. Or maybe is that a doll in a puddle? I can't tell because there's plastic over it. And I'm not about to take this apart. So, yeah, you know, creepy, childlike imagery, but placed in a menacing style. Classic new metal move. I think we've covered all of it. I think we are ready to dive in. All right, let's do it. The first track on this album is called Prelude 
So right away, Slipknot opening with a moody boy. Very moody. Yeah, Very it does start spoopy. To, does start to pick up and get a little more heated near the back half of the song. But yeah, I remember the first time I heard it, kind of took me by surprise. Matt? This will be my first time listening to this record. Coming off of Iowa, I am surprised. But that, but heat can only burn that hot for so long. Mm-hmm. So if this is setting the tone, this is going to be a very, very different record. Jenny, what did you think? I had to like try to take myself out of what I wanted to hear and think more about what it would be like to hear this album at that time if I were into this kind of thing. I guess if I was a big Slipknot fan and I knew that they'd had all this like turmoil and tension and then I heard something like this that was such like a moody boy and seemed like on the other end of it will be something really heavy, I'd probably be like, whoa, what? Cool. As me now, I was like, we're opening up with this moodiness. I don't want to deal with your shit. Just fucking make a banger and let me go. (laughs) I think that like part of what makes me struggle with this is I know that they're just changing as a band and I think that it's very healthy for bands to do that and good, but also like you're still wearing like your dick nose mask and I'm like, you're like, this is a and I'm like, yeah, but you still got a guy that just whaps a can with a baseball bat, like <laughs> not just one. You got two guys that whap cans. Like that's like the disconnect that's tough for me. Slipknot can whappers. <laughs> They're whapping cans and having like dick noses and stuff. Like I, it just it's hard for me to take it seriously. Even though mm-hmm. it's very clear that that is like a me problem, yeah, and not like a slipknot slip problem. problem. Yeah. Right, their intention I, is still very clear. There, this well, is all intentional. Well, the funny thing is that when you said like this thing of like the people like loved, it, I think this was the first time that I encountered people who were big fans of Slipknot, and I would mention that I was a I liked this album, and they were like, "Oh, that's when that's that Slipknot got all pussy." I remember direct quote somebody yeah. saying that to me. I mean, and I'm there. <laughs> say it, you're there, Jenny. You're there. And uh, and but it is funny. Also, is that this idea of basically? I don't want to say like the thing is that they've never abandoned the masks. You know, the masks are part of it. Basically, taking a bold step of we want to maybe make some more sensitive, not so much rip your face off songs while also still maintaining the slipknot of it all. Like we're saying, we can do these other things, but we're still going to be the guys in the mass. Which haunt them, you know, because there are a lot of people that I think, you know, slipknot, those goofballs, but maybe, I don't know. I Sometimes I, feel, sometimes I hear people make fun of slipknot, and I'm like, I don't think they've ever heard a song. Like, you know, I feel like this, they, they see the mass, and they're like, all set, and they don't get any closer. Hmm. I can see um, that. Yeah. Because, like, uh, mm-hmm. those masks aren't designed to, like, welcome people in. One of the masks, one of the dudes in this one just has, like, fucking pins sticking out of his head. 
like yeah i think part of what's like weird is like well we'll talk about it more but it's like this definitely i think uh puts them with a like a more mainstream sound mm-hmm. but they look like fucking insane people <laughs> and so it's like right. yeah they always look like they're the band that made iowa yeah if so when they slow it down it's like what's going on <laughs> what are these guys doing are they okay yeah, yeah. that um, guy with the baseball bats put it down and it's just <laughs> sulking <laughs> He's just playing baseball with it. Like, <laughs> whap the can. What are you doing? Uh, I don't want to blow any minds, but songmeanings.com was alive with the sound of Slipknot music. 45 comments for this song. Uh, lots of people think that it's about Slipknot. Like, the song is about Slipknot embracing a new sound. Uh, commenter, as it began said, I think this song is about Slipknot's evolution musically, shedding their, quote, bitter skins again, end quote, and how they change musical style with each album and hiding little sins again by covering the hidden, hateful meanings throughout their older songs with a new style. But now it's over, meaning they have abandoned that branch of their roots and are now looking forward to a more three-dimensional way of getting their messages across. It's a kick-ass opening fitting for such an almost flawless album. Almost flawless. Mm. Whoa. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Up next, we've got The Blister Exists. If you can go to 150, that's when the actual chorus shows up. Okay, one second. 150. Here we go. Son of a bitch. is happening it's a death march 
the blister exists. Lauren, you're locked and ready. Do go, it. Go for it. Right away. This song has not one, not two, but three killer yell-off ad-libs. He goes, one, two, three, and it starts off. Then he goes, yeah, kicks into a second part. And then he goes, drop it, and it drops into a beautiful chug. And we're off to the races. Killer. I love it. Production on this, the sound of those drums, pristine. Some of the best sounding drums we've ever heard on the on this show. The clarity in the mix and the production, you can hear everything. Let me tell you, when I did my last listen and took notes and I had on my real pricey headphones, I could hear it all. You know what? Say what you will about Iowa. A little muddier in the mix. This mix, chef's kiss. Jenny, thoughts on Blister Exist? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I didn't have, like, I was like, okay, this is a cool song. I thought, like, the the marchy drum stuff was interesting. Uh, I liked it a lot better than the first track, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh, I don't know. I think that maybe, maybe the old knots not for me a little bit on this one i i thought it was cool i could definitely see if i saw it live i'd probably be really into it Mm -hmm. but listening to it um it sounds really good i agree with all that i was just like i'm not really sure what are like what are we going for what what would you say is the big difference for you know this versus iowa what is like it sounds too clean for me Mm. I like the muddiness. The muddiness okay. gives makes me feel like there's more like authenticity in it, I think. This it sounds really good, but it sounds really like sterile. I mm. think. Matt, what do you think? Okay. I listening to this song and again not hearing the whole record, this still feels like a step in a new direction for them. I mean, it's almost not fair that Iowa was the album before it, you know, because it's like we all fell in love with Iowa on that listen. Like we re-fell in love with Iowa on that listen all a hundred some odd episodes ago. But what that album had was muddiness and a grit and a band that was falling apart, but still uniquely together. Whereas this is starting to feel like a bunch of disparate ideas that are still being performed as a unit. But like, I'm starting to wonder what uh, um, my man on the uh, sound effects machines and the turntables are doing. Pouting. Oh, don't worry. He's going to show up. Okay, good. He's going to show up. Don't worry. They didn't, they didn't, you know, tell him to get out of here. He's got stuff to do. Sid's got stuff to do. Songmeanings.com. 43 comments. If I had to pick a favorite, and I think I need to, Chicken Pot Pie. Said, well, I would just guess that this song is about being what you are and not changing around people. Like when girls are best friends when they are next to each other, but hate each other every other time. 
And then they quote, another number that isn't equal to you. I'm different. I control, but I comply. I can choose to do new things, but I don't always. I think chicken pot pie needs to talk things out with her friends. All right. Up next, we've got three nil. If you want to go to 218... So that's that's a vocal treatment that Corey has that he's used in other songs from other albums. Like yeah. that might be on Wait and Bleed. That might be on uh, there is a song on Iowa. I can't remember anything right now. Left Behind. Yes, Left Behind has that vocal treatment on there. I'm a little surprised to hear it in three nil, especially when we've got Joey Jordanson. <laughs> Fucking breaking his legs yeah. doing blast beats. That is what that's called, right? I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think thank, so. Yeah. Thank God. Double kick. There you go. Jesus. He was a machine. Yeah, I wonder if he had like a, I think it's called like a trigger or something that you can use to do that. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. This is very. I just remember somebody like talking shit, being like "fucking trigger," blah. and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck that." I couldn't. I couldn't even whap a barrel. So. Neither. <laughs> if if we whapped barrels, it would be like all those videos where clown goes, "No, hit it," and they hit the barrel so hard that it causes it to come back and hit them in the face. That's us. <laughs> There's some prime barrel hitting on this album. 
that you, you realize you're dealing with a master barrel hitter. We're not there yet, but very soon. Question. Uh, yeah. I know that you're about to dig into it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, we're three songs into this. This feels like not new metal. No, I well, the first song to me definitely didn't feel new metal. The no, second, no. like the blister exists, maybe some. This started out is more of just like a straight ahead metal song, right? I did, I didn't get a lot of new until we got into that weird vocal thing. That vocal treatment took me out of it. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. This is a lot more of just like. I don't know. It, it just, and then I, I was really, I was like on board and then the singing started happening and I was like, boys, can we sit down and talk about this? I mean, that might be the big thing is that Iowa is the album with the most, uh, screaming, you know, screaming versus singing. You know, it's only got really one song left behind that has a smooth boy vocal on it for the majority of it. And he this fucked album, up his voice pretty hard in that tour cycle, I think. Well, like you said, he was he's, he's not happy with he wasn't happy with the the takes they used on this, but we still have sort of an equal mix of screams and sings. To answer your question on the new metal front, I feel like this is still with a piece with the first two albums, and I feel like there's still a decent amount of chug going on. A decent amount of, I don't want to say necessarily rapping, but the Corey-esque sort of rapping of verses a lot of the time. It still feels new metal to me. We didn't even talk about genre tags. What do we have for genre tags for this, Jenny? Uh, genre tags, we have new metal and alternative metal. And I mean, there are some songs coming up that I think are decidedly new metal sounding. I mean, the thing is, though, that these songs are stuffed with a lot. So you do have what feels like a metal you know, just a straight ahead metal song, then bridged into a new metal chorus into something else. Yeah, that's the other thing is like these songs are long as fuck. They have a lot going on. They're all long. They're all four minutes plus. I, we've got some in the three minute range, but for the most part, they're either long or they feel very long. Mm hmm. I mean, it's true. Blister exists is five minutes, 19 seconds. This song is 448. With this one, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I uh, I was very excited about this one. I mean, also, the other thing, Matt, you've got the samples and DJ scratching going on up top. You know, that's very new metal. I wrote in my notes that it sounds like a stampede starting, and then they dropped that riff, and I wrote Slipknot, pure form. I was really, really feeling it. Uh, we didn't notes. call it out, but that was a definite wall of death on that one. Followed by a series of circle pits. Mm-hmm. And I wrote Murder, The Boys Are Back, and Absolute Crusher. Wow. All right. So that's kind of where I stand on this one. Songmeanings.com, 35 comments. And this is where a narrative starts to form. As a gentleman by the name of Neutral Punk Guy, who sounds very innocent to you and me and you know all of us here, uh, Neutral Punk Guy is the enemy of this comment section for this album because he posted all the lyrics and you guys, he made some mistakes. And the thing that maggots hate, mistakes. That's right. A lot of perfectionists. That's why they wear the masks. (laughs) That's right. The mask of perfectionism. 
Absolutely. So people are very pissed about Neutral Punk Guy. He had a comment here. He goes, he said, my favorite song off the new album, Tear Shit Apart, No Doubt. Okay, very good. Commenter Final Poet said, this song has multiple meanings. The main one is the title, 3-0, nil, which means nothing, and 3, volume 3, is Corey's third Slipknot album. Basically, Corey is saying, screw everyone who have ever doubted or made fun of him, because now it's Slipknot 3, the world, nothing. Whoo, someone was keeping score. Slipknot 3, the world, nothing. All right. Up next, we have duality. I push my fingers into my This is the first single from this album. It's the only thing slowly stops the ache. But it's made of all the things I have to take. treatment from paula cole there that sounds like when she's talking in where have all the cowboys gone wow wow jenny see i thought those verses were pretty new metal they felt pretty new metal to me <laughs> i guess they were i don't know i don't like this song wait is wait hold on jenny are you saying that paula cole is, is not a papa but a mama she might be. <laughs> if this wow, song has four, anything to say about it. Wow, four if we do another forefathers month, people are gonna be pissed. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so Jenny, yeah, tell us your thoughts on duality. For me, this song is like what I don't like about new metal. There's mm. I like the I will not say a bad word about the whapping of the barrels because it is masterful. I think they sound good. I still think it sounds too clean. It just sounds to me overproduced and mm. I can hear that it's catchy and see why people like it. But to me, that's like 
not there's something about it. This is going to sound so dickish, but it's what I mean. It just sounds so like watered down and mainstream. It's like what's the point? But then, you know, Stone Sour comes and I'm like, I see where you're going cuz he was doing that while this album was being recorded, right? That was the big criticism of this album was that he stone soured it. That was the thing I that I found. I guess I agree. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> none of you could see the face I made, but you could infer. Damn it, Corey, you stone soured it. I think I. that's what I don't like about it. I can see, though, that that is what a lot of people who would have been kind of scared off from listening to the band really liked about it. Uh, but it's just not, it's just not for me. Like I, if I'm going to listen to something super mainstream, it's not going to be this. Like if I, if I'm going to listen to something heavy, I want to listen to something heavy. I'd like, don't fuck. I don't want to like fuck around with like this bullshit to me. Mm. Okay. But Lauren, I'm waiting for your notes of being like, this song changed my life. Oh, oh you're going to love my notes on this one. All right, um, let's hear it. All right. So first I wrote, Yes. All-timer, essential clown bat work here. Verses are pure new metal, pure pleasure, a crusher, a pop song, and then I wrote in all capital letters, the boys did it again. <laughs> so I was a big fan of this one. As we were talking about earlier, they did the song on Conan. Once again, you get to see clown do this shit live. It's masterful. It really is the thing where it's like, yeah, the dude is a musician and his instrument is a bat and a barrel. And he's one of the best in the world. That's not hyperbole. That's not me making a joke on this show. And we do make jokes here sometimes. But who's better with a bat and a barrel than Clown? Mm. Nobody. Hard to say. say. Matt Nas. I love this song. I think it is such a good balance of accessibility and true to its roots i understand what you're saying though jenny it it's a pop song yeah as an outsider as as the sworn outsider on this show that <laughs> you've now taken me on 150 episodes so i start to like this stuff eventually but coming into it as an outsider this is absolutely the kind of thing that's like the hook in but if you're already into heavier music, when you hear something like this, I could see you being like, fuck you doing? <laughs> like, not what I need. Not when I not when there's other bands that are doing other things I'm more interested in because they're heavier than this. I don't need things that are accessible, which Slipknot, I think their whole deal was we're gonna be the biggest metal band in the whole world because we're from the middle of the country and nobody gives a shit about us so we're gonna find a way to make people care about us i think that's it songmeanings.com boy 293 comments i did not read them all but i found many gems first of course we're gonna run into old friends when we go into these comments. Jenny, this is one of your best friends, I'm pretty sure, Quiff Porn. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Quiff Porn. And there was a conversation in the comments relating to what you were talking about, Matt, in regards to Slipknot 
maybe not so much selling out, but becoming more accessible, bringing new maggots into the fold. And so Quiff Porn, who was upvoted five times for this, said, A sick maggot in Fab 666. What are you complaining about? Everyone has to get into Slipknot somehow, saying that anyone who didn't listen to them before the subliminal verses is stupid. Sick maggot, you even said yourself that you got into listening to them after hearing Iowa. What is the difference? I started listening to Slipknot from the first album, so by your logic, I should be able to look down on you, and by the same token, my mate, who has a copy of Mate Feed Kill Repeat, should be able to call me a poser. It is really dumb. I think it is pathetic to try and prove how much of a fan you are by pissing on people who haven't been into a band as long as you have. In my eyes, that makes you less of a fan because a true fan wouldn't care how long other fans have been into a band. They would be stoked that other people are getting into them and have started to appreciate the music as well. So what if a lot of preps are getting into Slipknot because of duality? Can you honestly tell me that you have never gotten interested in a band based on one song? I know I can't. I started listening to them after hearing Wait and Bleed. If duality is the starting point for a bunch of preps to broaden their musical horizons to incorporate Slipknot and rock music in general, then cool. Very balanced. Very balanced. On the opposite end, commenter, red left hand. Here it comes. Who said, Mm-hmm. Then, that was posted on December 18th, 2005. On March 6th, 2017, Rookie GTO responded and said, Spirited exchange. Very good. Very good. Yeah, that, you know what? That shitty attitude of being like, this is for fucking preps might actually embody my feeling about this. (laughs) I think probably deep down that's what it is. I'm like, these fucking bros are listening to this. Get out of here. As though I'm somehow cooler than that. I don't know. Guys. I learned a lot about myself on this show. Let's keep listening. Yeah. Do you have something else? Well, I was just going to say, you've said in the past, while you call Slipknot nerds, you have also said that you yourself are a nerd. Oh, yeah. No, this isn't like a you're a nerd. And I I think calling them nerds isn't... I understand that it sounds insulting, but I don't mean it in an insulting way. It's just like, it is nerdy to dress up and masks and make new masks for every new album you do that is nerdy Mm -hmm. i don't think that's an argument (laughs) (laughs) that's nerdy it's not bad it's just nerdy uh (sighs) yeah before we get into the next song Mm -hmm. the video oh right oh yeah baby that video a lot of people they get mad they get tired they wake up again they're all in a house, which apparently was a fan's actual house. Oh, so I guess we'll describe the video. So the video uh, was shot in Des Moines, Iowa at a fan's house that was due for renovation. In the aftermath, the family asked the band to replace an extensive list of objects and fittings that were damaged and destroyed during the shoot. Roadrunners gave the uh, family roughly 50000 as compensation. Uh, midway through the shooting, the band and fans were asked to avoid jumping around too much as it would have resulted in either the floor caving in or the entire house collapsing. Fans were also told to take extreme caution around Craig Jones as the nails in his mask may injure them. 
And basically, it is the band all performing in this house. I want to mention that they do destroy this house. When I read that this was due for renovations and not demolition, I was like, these guys did not think this through. They were like, I love Slipknot. Yeah, come. We're doing renovations. This house is done. One of the guys in the band is the best player in the world of Bat 2 Container. Come on. Come on. You don't think he's going to accidentally Bat 2 Dishwasher? bat to wall drywall bat to everything in your home they invite all of these actual fans to this and they're smashing windows crawling in it's insane it's the craziest thing jenny what were your feelings i felt like that's too many people in one place (laughs) (laughs) and i felt like this looks unsafe and then I felt like it looks like it's really hot there. And that was when I sent you the text message that simply said, Slipknot sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, whoa, what? <laughs> Watching that video is when I had that feel. Wow. So if I was into Slipknot, I think I'd love this video. But I felt not into this song. And uh, I just wasn't really feeling it. Interesting note also about this video. Roadrunners Records list this as the greatest video of all time. <laughs> Can you choose your own video as the greatest of all time? I think so. Was it like Re- their, real recognize real. their personal favorite video they have done or were they saying like is this better than the hypnotized video for example um it the link goes to the 10 greatest music videos in roadrunner history okay that makes but, okay sense. well then yeah, yeah i think they can claim yeah. that. but uh but i cannot find the list so i don't know what else is on their list of the top 10 the link just takes me to roadrunnerrecords.com so i don't know i mean obviously roots uh, Bloody Roots is is that the video? What's the stop motion one? That's gonna be on there. In any event, they uh, they voted it the greatest. I mean, certainly memorable. The uh, the scene where uh, Corey calms the crowd with an outstretched arm, and everyone basically looks like they're about to, like they're they're calming down, but they're also simmering up to explode again. And everyone's got their eyes closed. It's a visual that'll stick with me for sure. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the greatest video of all time, but it's up there for me. It's up there for me. All right. Well, all right. Let's keep going. Uh, the next song is Opium of the People.
I didn't it's a metal uh, crusher. I didn't expect them to do a system of a down song. Ooh. Well, they are, they're working with Rick. They're working with Rick. I liked the song. Me too. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. As, as I, I just love the sort of like guitar hero scales going on. And then they just drop into that riff on like a dime. And it just feels more impressive because there's so many of them. That I sometimes feel like, what's it like? And they always talk about how hard it is to make a Slipknot album because you've got eight guys. You've got to get together. Um, I'm sorry, nine guys. You got nine Zero guys. through eight. Nine guys. Nine guys you got to wrangle. And so it's like getting them all together. And then when this song starts, it's sort of like, oh, it's just chaos. Can this all come together? And they're like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. We're locked in. Locked into that groove. And also, the other thing is I got a hardcore vibe from this. So I figured that might have been another plus for you jenny yeah i yeah i think too like they are a really good band oh yeah there's no denying that it's like any issue i have with this is basically pure taste and listening to this song is like i think part of where i'm coming from with like being weirded out by duality is like you are committed you have committed whole hog to be in these like crazy intense weirdos. And I'm just like, fucking lean into that. You have stone sour. You have these other side projects to do things that are like super accessible. And I understand like what you were saying about how like they want to be the biggest metal band in the world. Of course, like as a group, they might want to like have something that's more mainstream, but like, why not do more stuff like this? Like, why not continue to like lean in to the crazy shit that you're doing? Like, I don't, I don't understand. There's like some sort of like distance between making the decision to be like, we are fucking insane. We headbutt people. Yeah. And like that's how you get in the band. And then they're yep. just like, I don't know, making like football player songs. Like what, what is that? What is it? Like, is it, does it I, maybe, and I will very much admit that I know very little about like Slipknot as a band and their guiding principles. So it's, it's entirely possible that I'm off the mark here, but it just, there's something about it that feels like inauthentic, even though I don't think that's true. Like hearing it when I'm listening to this, I'm like, why what's the point like this song i like but i i'm trying to like find the right words to describe how i feel about some of the more sing-songy stuff on this record what would you say is about this necessarily versus you know corn's big pop move on follow the leader or limp biscuit on chocolate starfish that feels like those ones are like that's fine that's still the band but you feel like is it just that these guys they're just they were mani they're maniacs in mass and they just they can't by design in for you make that move because it seems just it doesn't make sense like a yeah like a like a bear on a bike it's just like what are you doing <laughs> yeah well because limp biscuit was always in my opinion poppy uh-huh. like they covered faith on their first album mm-hmm. like there was always like a bit of silliness there they were never like we're fucking crazy, man. 
And even Corn wasn't like, we're fucking crazy. They were like, we are damaged and twisted <laughs> and mm. like whatever. But, and there was also some silliness in that as well from the get go. Like there was, a, there was never, I think it's just like the extreme level of like the artifice of the mm. band and, and how I perceive them to have like marketed themselves as being like just these totally crazy dudes that I'm like, we don't need to have like a varsity blues moment or whatever. I just like, well, I don't <laughs> want your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. This is uh, clearly like the experience that you all had of this music and what seems like a large and wide critical reception of this. This is like a me problem. And unfortunately, if you're listening, I am on this podcast. So now you have to listen to my problem too. <laughs> All right. What do we got next? Up next, we have Circle. a crack so i have a question is this butt rock yeah well <laughs> what's your question at this moment i am very much reminded of the critical fan reception to a little album by a band called metallica black album mm. because i the little i know about slipknot I've heard exactly what Lauren said, that a lot of fans were like, oh, this is when they got soft. This is when they started to, to soften up and not make what the two records that came before it. And I'm trying to think, like, do I have any parallels in my mind? And the Black Album is one of those where, like, nothing else matters come on, comes on and you're like, huh? This is Metallica. What's Matt, going on here? Matt, Jenny, I got to bring this up. Um, on songmeanings.com, a commenter named, I'll just, I'll just read what they said and then I'll give you their name. They said, this is the best Slipknot song ever written. 
That commenter was Anonymous Amber. Anonymous Amber? It's a lady. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to make music like this if you want to broaden your audience. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Is well, this time for some broad talk? <laughs> talking about broads. Oh, we talking oh. about them broads. <laughs> them broads. You want to get them in. Women Can't ruin Slipknot. I'll tell you that women? right now. First broads. thing out the gate. <laughs> broads ruin Slipknot. You think they were getting anything prior to those two albums? You know why? 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 Because the guy had nails on his mask. He couldn't eat any pussy with it on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so that's why they that's took true. the mask off. Take the oh, mask off. Wait a minute. We just cracked it open. What's all over Clown's face? Oh. Blood. Oh. There it is. There you go. His head's having they a period. Have... They you know that you can't think when you're having a period. Classic girl move. But I Clown's was thinking like... Red Wings. But That's uh... right. I was thinking Red Wings too. <laughs> no, he's got period on his head. What do you mean? You know what Red Wings are? Just when yeah. you eat that puss puss on the okay. squirt squirt. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. you All know. Right. What is All happening? Right. We're just having some broad talk. It's just a broad talk. Okay, cool. Broad talk will never speak about emotions. Okay. <laughs> never never no as a broad yeah the song didn't work on me <laughs> <laughs> i think that your your metallica thing is pretty much right on i am i will admit i am 100 percent like that person that like when an album comes out it's like i really liked the first couple baroness albums but now like what they're doing is a lot more like poppy and accessible. And I'm just like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, my character flaw, not of a flaw of a band, but that probably does kind of, well, the first record is still the best selling record. That's two times platinum. And this Correct. is a platinum record, but mm-hmm. it had their highest charting to date. Uh, no, no. I mean, should... two of the last three records So the first three slipknot records, this one charted higher than I think um, the next two albums charted at number one. Yeah. Um, what, what surprised me was that it actually, I thought Duality was their biggest hit, but it is not. It peaked at five. So oh, I stand corrected. So Duality, Duality peaked at five on the U.S. mainstream rock charts. Dead Memories peaked at three, which is on All Hope is Gone, and Snuff peaked at two and went platinum and actually duality did not go platinum before i forget which did not peak as high peaked at 11 actually went platinum the devil and i also peaked at two so they've never had a number one rock song on the u.s mainstream charts but they've come close new album's coming maybe they got some heat on it get that number one spot baby doubt it Ooh. Just kidding. I'm gonna get a big no thanks. Oh. First of all, no one in Slipknot will ever hear this, and if they do, <laughs> they're I, gonna be fine. Well, you should know that. Don't care about what I say about this, <laughs> but I would love to have a no thanks. <laughs> Slipknot liner notes. Anyway, next song. Next song. Well, next song.
wood. Yeah. It activated. at it we got that yeah we got some chug in there we got a siren animal scream maybe power tool sound going on in there just some wild sampling going on i heard a whap i heard a whap you heard a whap because this production is so clean that you hear every crack of the baseball bat it's there joey's drums are crystal clear (laughs) Mm -hmm. every single one you can hear it I wrote it. Yeah, it's another crusher. I loved it. Jenny, what'd you think? I really liked the song a lot. Loved hearing those whaps. I have, I really, I have to say, I have like turned a corner on the barrel bat situation. So <laughs> maybe by the end of this podcast, not this specific one, but uh, our whole entire our journey, l- I our will, last episode, I'll ever. have come, <laughs> I'll come in wearing a mask. Oh, uh, there we go. But yeah, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was a cool song. Yeah, that's it. Matt Nas? Yeah, it's a ripper. That's a fucking ripper. Oh, yeah. Songmeanings.com. They are in full force, so angry at Neutral Punk Guy mm-hmm. for getting the wrong lyrics. Commenter <laughs> Valtiel. Valtiel. Basically just reprints the whole lyrics and at the end says, down with Neutral Punk Guy. <laughs> Down with him. Uh, commenter Chicken Pot Pie back again said, It's about chaos, how effed up life is. Welcome to the real world. Oof. 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 Oh, my. At least they welcomed you. They did. And uh, once again, the ladies are showing up. Girl who loves Slipknot said, The drums <laughs> in the song are awesome. Joey is amazing. It's just so strong the whole way through all right there you have it up next we've got another single from this album vermilion Snake 
Mike, you want to go to 201. You got it, buddy. Jenny, thoughts on Vermilion? Uh, all right. This is gonna sound mean, but I genuinely mean this. Can you help me understand why this song was made? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like, I don't. It's like, is it a ballad? Is it a spooky, creepy crawl? Is it like what? I don't understand this song. In the context of, well, I, I guess anything, but like specifically, I'm I just don't understand this song. It seems to be another, you know, sort of that mix they're doing. They're they're giving you sort of these, you know, softer vocals, you know, but still giving these sort of amped up, quote unquote, Slipknot chorus. But lyrically, is kind of where I got tripped up. Because at first I was like, is this, I honestly, I got Mudvayne vibes from the lyrics on this because this struck me as very much in that realm of like, and people in the comments, which there are 255, uh, are very divided on whether or not this song is about being a stalker or not. Um, and I, and the, and the thing is, there is a sequel song on this album that goes in a different direction, but on this one, it seems like a not real person. Like the she isn't real part is like, I don't know, they've made up something in their mind. He's made up someone in his mind and, you know, that's what's going on. Um, yeah. I mean, to answer your question back of like why, I mean, this strikes me as another attempt to quote unquote broaden the audience, give them a little bit of the heavy part and a little bit of uh, the softness that they are trying to put in there. So, I don't hate it, but it was when it was a single, I was like, I would not have picked this one. Like, I was very surprised this was the second single. But if you're trying to broaden your audience, maybe this is what you go with. There is a, a woman in a dress in the video. She's <sighs> just walking around all sorts of places. That video. And then eventually she just dies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, as that's broads true. are want to do. Oh man, they're always dying on you. Broads are always dying. Oh god, Snow White dying. Mm -hmm. Cinderella dying. Aurora from Sleeping Beauty dying. 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 Oh that, man, that chick from Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> dead. Dead. <laughs> dead. Yep. Rapunzel. Why not? Probably. Well, she could probably... easily die at any minute because of hair. <laughs> yep. Choke on own hair. Classic broad problem. Cut your hair, but not too short. I don't like it too short. Broads. Broads. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Um, not Nothing wrong with me, baby. I'm perfect. <laughs> there you go. God broke the mold. 
when he made me. He did. He said, oh, I broke it. Guess I'll make some broads. That's <laughs> with, right. With this broken mold. mold. Just broke the dick off it. <laughs> Started uh, throwing some broads out there. Tossing a couple broads out. Yeah, accidentally poked a hole in it. <laughs> Just... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's Uh, keep moving. Up next, we got the Pulse of the Maggots, or just Pulse of the Maggots. Pardon me. This is an APB for all the maggots out there. (laughs) Calling all maggots. If you can go to 255. 255. Five. Here we go. For all the Slipknot fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. The siren, the stomp, the speech up top. Tattoo it on your body. The build, the sample. I'm all in. I wrote in my notes, a classic. Any band's fans would be lucky to have an anthem this good. Jenny, thoughts on Pulse of the Maggots? Yeah, I think it's a good anthem for a fan. I could see if you were a fan of this band being like, thank you for writing a song specifically for us. It seems very nice. It seems genuine. Uh, I think it would probably hype up a crowd. (laughs) But I'm not a maggot. Oh, that's true. But I was able to remove myself from that enough to appreciate the song. I, the... 
the sample that sounded like a crowd cheering to me mm-hmm. made me feel a little bit like I was at like a hockey game. <laughs> but Ooh. other than that, I mean, they probably like play arenas, right? So oh, yeah. Just fit in there. I think that's all they do now. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Nas? You know, um, not my favorite is the truth. The speech to me is something that if I were very into Slipknot, would speak to my heart, but as a as a casual, it comes off a little like, okay, that worked for the first time I listened to this song, but if I listen to it again, I got to hear that Corey speech again. That's gonna get a little tired. Uh, mm. gonna, and I don't know, I don't want to hear that every time. I want to hear this song. All right. We got, I just want to mention one comment on songmeanings.com, which of course there are 151 comments. It's from Ava Narcotic who said, I think it's a fucking anthem. There you have. There you go. Thank you, Ava. All right. Up next, we've got Before I Forget. Noise. Matt, you made a noise. What do you think mind. about? Yeah, before I forget, before I forget has a chorus that I'd like to forget. <laughs> Whoa! <sighs> All right, here's the question: All the other members of Slipknot have really stayed in their masks, per se. I mean, Clown is probably the most vocal. Because he was the linchpin, the guy who really put the whole thing together, kind of the great seer of what this band could be, mm-hmm. but and the roadmap of how they would do it and how to execute the plan to have success. But Corey comes out of the mask often, forms Stone Sour starting to be a little bit hard for me to be like it's number eight and it's a lot easier to be like it's Corey on a song like this 
when I hear the music, especially at the beginning, I'm like, that's fucking Slipknot. When I hear this chorus, I'm going back to some of our original conversation about this album. I'm like, is it a little too much Corey? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not hmm. number eight. You know, it's 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 a. I'm not. I don't even know if I'm presenting that well, but I think you get the gist of like. All of his vocals on Iowa are Slipknot vocals. All of his vocals on Volume Three are divided, it to my ears. And he might be like, fuck you, you're wrong. It's a Slipknot record. And I accept that. What do I know? I don't know anything. But for the sake of conversation, this sounds a lot like, eh, I know how this should go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so your feeling is that um, Corey was not a, not a team player on this one? Or Corey was basically saying, like, I'm going to do my own thing. And we'll work with it, work around it. But I'm not going to adapt it so much as force you to adapt to me. Well, he doesn't have somebody who's pushing him into into the depths of darkness. He feels left alone. As as the angel would. Mm -hmm. So he's left a little bit more on his own devices. He might have a lane that's a little bit more this than people equal shit oh i see what you mean that basically when you've got ross there jumping on your back well he's not jumping on your back he, when he was making iowa he was laying on the ground because he was injured but he was still threatening you maybe paying a pa to throw a plant at your head and really just hounding you with this rick is leaving you to your own devices which allows you to just sort of you know be a little more aimless and just if figure you're gonna be softer, out. figure it out. He was Jenny. also hand boned the whole time he was like yeah. recording this. So that's true. What was that? He was just wasted the whole time. Oh he was recording yeah. This too. So that might be part of it. Yeah. Um, Jenny, what'd you think of before I forget? Uh, not for me. Um, some of the commenters on songmeetings.com seem to think that this is a song about uh cory being so young when uh slipknot got big that he didn't know who he was yet and so through that lens the chorus of this song at least in terms of its lyrics like i'm like okay i think i can see that but i really don't (laughs) like the chorus it's just so corny to me and like Mm. It's not it's not what I like. It's not what I want from this band. Uh and I guess I can just have like a pissy fit about it while they look at their platinum record. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> will be fine. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think, Lauren? Uh well, a little bit about me. This is probably my favorite slipknot song. I think it's hot as fuck. I mean, when I first heard this album and I was like enjoying it, and then this song came on and I was like, Thank you. This is my shit right here. Um, I also wrote in my notes, um, once again, this mix is so clear you can hear everything. I said shouts to the whole team, the whole team, Rick and everybody. Once again, this did win a Grammy, which, you know, means nothing because Grammys are stupid. This is a quote from Corey. 
said it's about standing your ground and deciding to be a good person no matter what people say. Rick Rubin was convinced the chorus wouldn't work. I told him he was crazy. Lo and behold, it's one of our biggest songs, and we won a Grammy for it. So Rick Rubin was like, I don't know. And Corey, and you and Rick, Jenna, you and Rick. <laughs> Me I and mean, Rick. Awesome Y'all you, you and Rick, yeah. I mean, hey, you've got a lot in common. You disagree on the chorus, so before I forget, and y'all love naps. So true. Love a nap. Um, yeah, songmeanings.com. You know what? There's just uh, just a little, just 207 comments. Just, oh, you know, cool. Casual 207. Casual 207 with sub comments under those comments. One gentleman who was upvoted 13 times decided to compare the lyrics to this song to a Mudvayne song called Forget to Remember. Breaking it all down, but my favorite is commenter Wreck666, uh, who said this song to me is just about being true to yourself, remembering your roots, being humble. Fuck everyone else. The only person that matters is you. The response to that from Beastmaster1991 said, damn fucking straight. The only person I need is my girl. Everyone else can just go get stabbed in the jaw. Okay. All right. Well, that's a thing. All right. All right, up next we've got Vermilion Part 2. I guess it's time. I guess it's time to do this. A preacher in a coffin. She's dressed <laughs> you in far of me. Stretched across my shame. All the torment and the pain. Broads are gonna love this song. You hear that? <laughs> love it. Drip, 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 drip. That's a pussy getting wet. That's right. Love in Vermilion Part Two. Those panties are disintegrating. And you know why? Because they're Slipknot brand <laughs> panties that we sold at the merch booth. Full of nails. Full of nails. <laughs> Don't let Full. those ladies sit on your lap. Here you go. Here's your clown thong. <laughs> It's made out of old masks. <laughs> it smells like urine already. So go ahead. Guaranteed yeast infection. Here you go. Broads. Too much? No, no, no. <laughs> Not no, for no. these broads. Not, Not for, for these, these broads. broads. Oh, man. This video is weird. This video was upsetting. It's just like a dead girl that like gets blown up into the sky and then falls back down. <laughs> Yeah, but it fallen takes, angel. But it takes the entirety of this slow ass song to watch her like float up and fall back down. I'm like, guys. Yeah. Well, it's on. also you first you're watching it and you're like, I guess this chick is dead or something. And then there's a shot when she goes up and her eyes open and they've like made sure that it looks like she has corpse eyes. And I was like. What am I watching? And a what bird does a really like. There's like a tight shot of a bird doing a double take. Yeah, bird's which like, was whoa. The best part of the video. Yo, th- that broad. Th- you know what that bird was thinking? This broad dead. Yeah. What's going on with this broad? This broad this- is definitely dead. Uh, something that made me laugh about that was like I forget. I think maybe it's the next song I was listening to, and I was thinking about how dorky. Um, I can't remember exactly which song it was, but I looked and I was driving when I was listening to it and I was like at a stop sign and there were like all these birds 
like on the ground. They were alive and they were all like jumping up and down like fucking dorks, like little nerdy birds. And it was like perfectly in step with the song. And I was like, nerds, this is nerdy. It was all nerdy. Uh, and I saw that bird in the video and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, though, you guys, that th- the fight between new Slipknot and old Slipknot amongst the fans, amongst the maggots, very intense. Commenter Dark Man Yoda said, fuck you, you hating ass motherfuckers. The first album, yes, was awesome, but that doesn't mean people don't evolve and become new people. The new CD is way past your levels, So, and I think this is at somebody, so both of you shut the fuck up. P.S. Slipknot's the fucking shit. Maggot for life, bitches. So there you have it. We did not mention... They could have been talking about you, yeah. Um, We did not mention the video for Before I Forget, which did you watch that one jenny oh yeah the one where they don't have masks on yes i thought that was kind of sweet kind of a cool looking video just you know you see them playing their instruments sort of tease out their faces you see some eyes but otherwise it's just them sort of just straight ahead rocking i could see how that would be cool there i was like i was like put your fucking mask on and get to work You need Rick Rubin to show up. I need Slipknot to show up. Yeah. I should have produced this album. I would have done a great job. Oh. Uh, J- Corey's like, you know what? She was there every day and I was pissed. She, she was would like, not leave me alone. <laughs> Slipknot just released the most misogynistic album of all yeah, time. I know. Probably. Honestly, that's probably what would wind up happening. Like, Come on! No. 14 tracks and they're all some variation of like jenny go away jenny leave me alone <laughs> fucking hell blooms <laughs> yeah and then i'd just be whapping a whapping a barrel somewhere <laughs> well maybe in the future you never, know. You never uh, know all right up next we've got the nameless <laughs> So this song was the big sticking point for the three-star Rolling Stone review. They did not like this. They felt that it basically becomes a boy band song uh, for this uh, chorus, and which they eventually do turn into like a screamer in the latter half of the song. But this 
I don't know. I wrote in my notes that this felt like a Rick influence, but I don't know. Jenny, thoughts? That, on that might have been the one day that he came there. Might have been. <laughs> like a uh, do a boy band thing. Mm-hmm. I thought this song was okay. I felt like it was weird in a way that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Like the chorus felt like it was intentionally crossing a cheesy line. Um, and so I didn't mind it as much as some of the other like smooth boy stuff, though I would prefer to just straight ahead rock through this whole thing. I, I guess at this point also I was like broken by the time we get to this song. I'm like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fucking whatever. Corey, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I thought it was all right. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. For me, this one was one that like the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is uh this is definitely a departure. I can definitely see where people get thrown off, but it does. It comes back. The fact that they rock it out in the second half, always brought it back. Mm-hmm. songmeanings.com we have a bit of a, a a journey a commenter wayne static x 85 said okay i'm a very huge diehard fan of slipknot but i'm having some thoughts about this album it's very different very different this change is almost as drastic as static x album shadow zone I mean, I like Volume 3 of the Subliminal Verses so far, but Jesus Christ, I'm starting to believe my friends when they tell me this is just Stone Sour with better drumming. But like I said, and don't get me wrong, I like the album so far, but it's very different. An incredibly defensive comment. Then PsychZ555 rolls and says, Come on, Wayne Static 85 You're going to tell me this album isn't good. It combines everything good that Slipknot has done in the past, the stinging of Stone Sour, the speed of the first album, the heaviness of the second. Just give it more time. I would say this and the first are about the same rating. If you don't like it, just put it in a surround sound system at full blast. It will change your mind. This common exchange on May 18th, 2004. May 20th, 2004, two days later. Wayne Static X85. Oh, dude. I have completely reevaluated how I feel about this album. I'm fucking <laughs> obsessed with it. <laughs> Definitely proves that Slipknot is one of the best bands ever. It was just a shock at first, but now I'm in love with this album. People equal shit. Wow. And you All can't right. say people can't change. People can't have a conversation on this site. Lives wow. changed. There we go. I'm proud of my work. There how respectful of our time is this record? Oh, Matt, this <laughs> record comes in at 60 minutes and nine seconds. Is that a 69 joke? Probably. Uh, but also, no, it is not respectful of our time. <laughs> Much like this podcast, this album is not respectful of your time That's in true. terms of length, not content. All right. We've got a couple more tracks to go. Let's keep this train rolling. Up next, we've got the virus of life. I think gonna get another disease thing for you lauren oh boy i'm getting that free sub Yeah! 
<laughs> the touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our life. It's not my, uh, not my favorite song on the album. Have you listened to it in surround sound at full blast yet? Um, shit. Hold on. Check back in with me in two days. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Let the band evolve. I'm trying. <laughs> this this album's only an hour long. We needed that. <laughs> uh, Jenny, what you would you think of the virus of life? I think we agree about the virus of life, mm-hmm. and I don't see why we shouldn't just hop into our last song. I agree. I agree. All right, danger. Keep away. So I uh, I always like this one as an outro. It feels like a good bookend with um, you know the first song on the album. Um, I like the organ sound on it. It's kind of chilly. The lyrics on this one, along with "Virus of Life," and really kind of with also with um, the nameless. It's sort of these weird sort of three sort of stalkery. Like, uh, we didn't get into it, but there were some comments on the nameless that basically point out that, like, a lot of the lyrics remind people of, like, you know, shitty ex-boyfriends, people who weren't great, who basically... And and that seemed to be something of the design of a song like The Nameless, which is sort of like, this person's really shitty, but then they, like, try to come back and they soften out, you know? But it's all a facade. If you want to read it in that Slipknot is taking the side of, like of a shitty person that they're not identifying with, but defining, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It could go either way. If you just have one song like that, but if you have like three in a row that all sort of have sort of creepy stalkery lyrics, then it's like, uh, how am I supposed to read this at the same time? I need to keep in mind that the person who wrote these lyrics at the time was going through a lot of alcohol issues. So take that for what they are. Um, but as an outro, I was, you know, I was pretty good with it. Jenny. Yeah, I feel like this one put the album to bed, and I was good with that. Mm. It's it's very outro-y. Uh, I think I'd probably have liked it more if I felt like I had more just like straight up like rippers through this album. But mm-hmm. to me, I was just like, ugh, what is this? Maybe I need to come back in two days and talk about it again. <laughs> Do you have um, a surround sound system? Because if you do, I would suggest just take this album, yeah, listen to it again, Maybe. full blast, yeah, full blast, <laughs> full blast. I think my favorite thing about this song was a comment on songmeanings.com. Oh, Jenny, this is one of the top song meanings comments. Top. Are you, are you talking about Air, Airs of King Thirteen? Uh, I thought it was Airsoft King Thirteen, but yeah, yeah, oh, that's no, the one. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. There's a T in there. 
Yeah. Uh, Airsoft King makes it even better. Yes. Well, if you think this is the best one of all time, do you want to take it? I would love to hear you read it. I mean, obviously, we don't have to do the entire interpretation, but that first paragraph is... Yes. (laughs) Wow. So aside from the horrible grammar, atrocious spelling, narrow-minded lack of analysis, and feeble attempts at shorthand and acronyms, that the song had some great comments. Oh, wait. It's called Song Meanings. Not song, let me talk out of my ass for a good three sentences, which is what my third grade teacher just taught me, makes up a paragraph so I'll sound smart. Please keep the comments related to your own opinion of the song. Not whether it warrants an advisory sticker, not how great my speakers are when they're outside of your ass, and not how wrong the last guy that posted is, not how it relates to other bands, and not how the band sucks now because they sold out and their fans suck and whatever else the hell you fucks can find to bitch about. Shut up and interpret. <laughs> wow. Airsoft King. Coming nothing, in. Nothing, nothing soft about that. No. Shut up and interpret. I shut, love it. Shut up and interpret. That's the one. Jenny, if you're thinking about getting another tat, yeah that's the one shut up and interpret will be the next thing i get oh man oh boy that's that's the one and that's the album canon talk do you want me to start yeah i think you should start all right i'm gonna start i'm gonna give you guys a little treat we're gonna go back to 2004 actually early 2005 because I took my time and I made a top albums of 2004 list. I put 26 albums on it, which Rachel, quote, said was stupid. Um, <laughs> she's like, that's too many albums. This album was on this list. I clocked it in at 18, just below Interpol's antics. And this is wow. what I wrote in 2004. God, I can't believe I'm going to read this. This is so I'm bad. very excited I for this. I love every moment of vulnerability. Oh, God. All right. Let's be honest. 2001's Iowa album was pretty weak. But then the crazy... <laughs> oh, my God. You son of a bitch. You keep going. But then... Oh, man. But then the crazy masked men got a hold of Rick 99 Problems Ruben, and here we are, rocking and loving it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much, dude. Oh, my God. uh, Duality is a career high point, while Pulse of the Maggots rocks so hard it'll melt your face off. There you have it. My whole body is a rash right now of embarrassment. Well, there's nothing wrong with rocking and loving it, okay? <laughs> no. May we all rock and, and love, love it. it. Uh, if you're ever considering getting a tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> might I suggest rocking and loving it. Loving it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, looking at this list, I was just like, man, 2004 me was out of his mind working on it oh what my is God. 2019 you think about this album 2019 me for one i like iowa now uh but yeah this album is incredible it's my favorite uh by them by a large margin i think it sound i think it's one of the best sounding new metal albums for good or for nil and then lyrically it might be their most realistically fucked up 
which we didn't really dive into that too much, but it seems like they're dealing with real things as opposed to sort of uh, imagined brutality, you know? At, never at any point on this album, you know? I mean, what was the big line from, I think, Disaster Piece? Like, I don't want to slit your throat and fuck the wound, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing quite, you know... As nothing even close to being as brutal, but once again, that's what you do when you want to broaden your audience. So, I think it's great. I put the whole thing in. I'm willing to negotiate for some of my faves. I know, but I have you know. We'll see how it goes, Jenny. This is gonna sound crazy, but hear me out. I think it goes in. Because it feels like it was an important album. It was very successful. It's definitely, I think it like marks this era of new metal, which is to say a time and a, and a type of this music that I don't like, mm-hmm. but it's not just the Jenny Bloomer canon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it could pull a Matt Nossin that like wasn't into the new metal genre at all, that's saying something. Mm. I think that like I just don't like this kind of music. Not new mm. metal, but this like specific flavor of it. Well, yeah, it's, it's the come down era, you know? So, yeah. I mean, we should be glad they didn't make a butt rock record. They, they, there were whiffs of butt on this. Mm. They're getting there. Yeah, and I'm pos- slight graze. Oh, oh, there was some crack <laughs> showing, but I can see where this album would be like an important one because it was really. I mean, this was what kind of took the mainstream, if I recall correctly. I think Iowa was very successful, but this got him a Grammy. Yeah. So while I don't like this album for me, I don't. I think that it's just going to have to live in a wing of the canon where we just pass each other like ships in the night. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you think? You know, I am not surprised that we're having the conversation to put the whole thing in. In my canon, when I put the whole thing in, and if it was just mine, 100% mine. Probably not. I mean, is is the truth. But do I have things in this record that I would not want in to the new metal canon that we're talking about? I don't know. I mean, I think I would want to give it another couple of listens before I could actually make the best statement about it because it seems these songs change so much that I'm actually going to rescind my vote, abstain from voting, and just leave it as is. Well, well, Matt, so are you going to sit down with your surround sound system and see how you feel about it? You know, I have um, a sound bar, so I might just, I don't know, go full blast on it? (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. I, I think that there are definitely, like, songs on this record that I don't necessarily know if they belong in the canon, but not so many and so much so that I would want to 
like nitpick and choose because I think this album as a whole is sort of like a weird ride right into mm-hmm. like a like a very specific like snapshot in time mm-hmm. but god I wish they would stop singing <laughs> <laughs> all right then I guess we're putting it in you're putting it in? We're putting it in. We're putting it in. There you have it. Slipknot, Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, in the canon. Slipknot, now three for three, in the canon. I'm going to have to ask that you put a nerds next to this in the canon. All right. All caps, please. Nerds. Thank you. Nerds! <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, there you have it. Slipknot in the canon. They are still nerds, but they've got three albums in the new metal canon. And that does bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. 150, baby. Let's do 150 more. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's back in and do it. Let's do it right. right now. <laughs> right now. Let's do it. That means uh, that we're about to mark three years of this podcast. Indeed. We are creeping up. I think in uh, about 10 days from the day we record this is the actual three-year anniversary of, of our first recording. First, first recording. Look at us. Look at wow. us. There Congrats you us. Three it was a completely years. different show back then. <laughs> sure was. It very much was. We, we came in... I feel like this is the hottest I've come in at something in a minute, but nothing mm. compared to. <laughs> oh, I'd say like the first like 15, first 15 apps were pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? I mean, you broke Methods of Mayhem in half. You were so I incensed. I destroyed your property in front of you without your permission. It was so. okay. We gave it away as a gift. We gave it away as a prize. I so. haven't destroyed anything since then. That's true. But I mean, nothing's going to equal that. So, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. All right, we're going to keep it, keep it coming. More new metal to come. There's still so many albums, so many albums. <laughs> <laughs> I said that kind of sadly, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, just kicking a can down the. There's so many albums. No, there's so many. There's so many albums. <laughs> We crossed 10 off, 20 come back on. Oh, man, yeah. Hydras or new metal albums, yeah. There's always more. There's always more Chug. There's always more Dreads. There's always more Jankos. Try to throw that doll out. It's going to be sitting on your bed when you get home. That's right. (laughs) All right. Uh, Keep on saying hello. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Share the show. Let people know we're 150 deep and we're crazy for doing it. Let them know. (laughs) Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Broads. 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 Broads.